following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, October 20th, 2021, season 17, episode number 45. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. I got Isaiah Stanback. I, Je- I got Jesse Holly. I got Amber Garcia with me. Uh, it is day two of our mix-up here, and uh, these guys, I think they learned a lot yesterday about what it takes to make a really quality <laughs> football podcast. They, I mean, I, I got a lot of tweets saying how much better you guys have gotten in one wow. show. I think by so gonna take the credit for that, right? I think by next week we're gonna send you back to your shows, and I expect some really great things. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I really do. Everybody's play. I really do. That's called leadership. I'm yeah. just, I'm like just coaching you up. I'm just like coaching it. you up. All right, uh, we got we got a lot to talk about today. We're gonna continue our big picture look at this team. Uh. Yesterday we talked a lot about the offense. Today we're gonna focus in a little bit more on the defense, and we'll have some cop, uh, some topics too on the overall team um, as well today. But today we got to first start with some news that came out yesterday. Not the greatest news. And the reason why I want to bring it up, because I'm, I'm one that, like a lot of times when it starts getting into who got arrested and this kind of stuff, I'm like, ah, if, it, if it affects the team and what's happening on the field, mm-hmm. then we'll talk about it. If not, I really don't care to talk about it. But the reason why I want to talk about DeMonte Casey uh, being arrested for a DWI is more from the standpoint of you two guys as former athletes, both play here at the Cowboys, my question for you, because I think the general public, speaking for myself and probably a lot of fans out there, you probably are like, man, like, it, like you know that to some degree in the position that you're in, mm-hmm. you're probably a target to some degree. Like you're going to be looked at to with, you know, with 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 a lot of of great things in your life comes a lot of responsibility. So you accept that as being a professional athlete. You got a responsibility to live up to that. Do you guys talk about or did you guys talk about that kind of stuff in the locker room, especially heading into a bye week? Did you talk about, like, man, let's stay out of trouble. Let's make sure we're not putting ourselves in situations where we can end up being a headline for the wrong reason? Yeah, I think, I mean, it was a real brief conversation. I don't know about locker rooms that you've been in, Jesse, but um, it was a real brief conversation. It was more so, hey, hey, protect the team, be smart. And that was it. And that was pretty much the extent of the conversation. Yeah. That's all that needed to be said because you knew that you needed to take care of your business. Go enjoy the off week um, or, you know, really just a couple of days off really during our bye week. It's not a full week off. But go enjoy your couple of days off. Um, you know, have fun, but be smart, right? Stay off your legs. Don't don't kill your legs. Um, and don't make bad decisions. And that's really it. There's no sit down and let's pow, wow, hey, now what right. are you about to do? What am I about to do? Just protect the team. Be smart. Yeah. I brought show and tell today. Oh, okay. For this very reason, and you, you didn't. We didn't plan this or we did anything not. like this. No. But I can guarantee you, the very last thing out of Mike McCarthy's mouth at the end of the team meeting, whenever they broke, was, "Hey guys, enjoy yourselves, take care of one another, yep. stay out of trouble." Mm-hmm. I, I I know for a fact. I know for a fact, and I have a. Zero. I have a below zero tolerance, tolerance yep. for DUIs or DWIs or whatever you want to call them. And here's why. This Cowboys football team, we are not and, – and, and people on Twitter drive me insane with the, 
oh, well, you know, it was just a DWI. I mean, no. you know. Did we forget we're not too far removed mm-hmm. from a good friend of mine, mm-hmm. Josh Britt, in a DUI situation where someone was killed. Mm-hmm. And it's always just a DWI until. until it's not. And the reason why I have a below zero tolerance for DWIs, we live in an era now where there's Lyft, there's Uber, yep. right? That Those are easy fixes. You know Brian Wansley. Mm-hmm. You know Brian Wansley. You know I know Brian Very Wansley. Amazing best, yeah. human being. Yep. His phone is always on at any point in time of the day to call him if you need something. Every NFL team in the country has a ride service. Every NFL team has it. You call them, they come and pick you up. Because it used to be the thing, well, well, I didn't want to leave my $100,000 car somewhere. I get it. I understand it. They have it to where now they bring another driver to bring your car home. To bring your car home. Here is my, my NFL players cards, mm-hmm. right? There's three of them. Mm-hmm. Okay? On the back of everyone, this is my NFL player card. This is my NFL player card. This is my NFL player card. On the back of each one of these cards, what does that say? That's crossed out. It says DUI, DUI mm-hmm. crossed out. On every single one of these players' cards, it says DUI crossed out. There's a number that you can call on these cards that'll have someone come pick you up for free. No questions asked, no, 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 no distance, no matter what, that'll come and pick you up and bring you home. The NFL Players Association has it. Every NFL team has it. Every person on the every NFL team has a Brian Wansley. Pick up the damn phone. Pick up the phone and make the phone call. But too, far too often we have these superhuman thoughts and our feelings that you know what I can make it. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Nine times out of ten, sometimes you make it home. Mm-hmm. But what happens that one time you don't make it, and now someone's life—not only yours, but mm-hmm. someone else's life—can be impacted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's where I have a below zero tolerance. For DWIs, because you have every, not only do you make a god-awful amount of money, you can do the old-school yellow cap, but you have every opportunity in the world to get home safely when it comes to this type of situation. I I have, I'm sorry, I have zero Mm -hmm. tolerance for anybody in general, but especially professional athletes who get DWIs. It is unnecessary. It is completely avoidable. And anyone who just says, oh, it's just a DWI, it ain't that big of a deal, shut up. Shut up. Mm -hmm. Because until you've been impacted by someone in your family or you being impacted by a drunk driver, shut up. And for professional athletes, it is far too easy to get home safely. Mm -hmm. Or plan ahead. Or plan ahead. And for you not to do so is reckless, it is careless, it is selfish, it is unacceptable, and I have zero, below zero tolerance for anyone who gets DWIs. And I I, I had to go search for these because I wanted people to understand how easy it is. is. Make a phone call. You ain't got to leave your car or nothing. Yeah, and I and by the way, I, I appreciate that, and that, that that's a good word right there. But I think in addition to that, I think the message here is whether you're a professional athlete or not, this is a serious thing. Absolutely, like this is a serious thing that not only, like, as you said, 
not only can impact your life, it can impact your family's life and other people that you don't mm-hmm. even know. And so I think the message that has to come from this is everyone should look at this as a cautionary tale. Yeah. If you didn't if you didn't get the message back when that happened with Josh Brent, mm-hmm. then then you should you know, you should just be paying attention. Like this is something that affects a lot of people. So the message here is don't take the chance. Don't take the chance. Just go ahead. If you feel like you've had a drink or two, like I know for me and my wife, we've gotten to a point now where we're like, if we're going to have a drink or two, take we're Uber. Ubering. That's we're it. just Ubering. That's it's it. not even a question. We're just Ubering, and it's not even It's not even a thought. It's not even a yeah. second thought. It's just what we do because and, – and I will I will say this. That's also about perspective and wisdom that you get sometimes yeah. from age. Uh, the older we've gotten, the more mm-hmm. we realize – Man, this is an odd. This isn't worth the chance. Because by the way, you could probably have two drinks and still be fine. Yeah. For me, I'm just like I'm not going to take the chance. Right. If I take the chance, right? So I think the message here for everybody is, don't do that. Just if you if you're going to have drinks, just plan ahead, as Isaiah says, and and just and be prepared for that, so you can do the all the, the right thing and just uh, yeah. get a, a ride home. All right. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to move on. We're going to talk a little bit about this Cowboys team. Got some big picture questions Questions we're going to hit here. Uh, I want to start first with the defensive side of the ball. And particularly, I want to start with Micah Parsons, who coming into the year, um, I think we all, after weeks one, two, three, we were like, man, this dude is freaking amazing. And I think over the last few weeks, not that he hasn't been still playing at a high level, but some of that talk has kind of come back. My question becomes for you guys is, where do you think he has a greater impact, at linebacker or defensive end? Linebacker. Linebacker, all day long. Uh, the reason being, yes, people like to see the flash. People like to see the first rounder get shown off, right, because he's a nice little little, little nice little ornament that's, that's all nice and brand new and shiny. Um, but the reality is when he's at, even though he's effective, he's effective anywhere. You can put the man at cornerback, he's going to be effective. Even though he's effective at the defensive end position, what happened to his snap count? Right, right, right. And he went, what, 38 snaps, I think, 35, 38 snaps, I think, for those two games. Mm-hmm. He was playing primarily defensive end, right? But what happens when he goes to linebacker? 65 snaps, mm-hmm. right? So you're taking somebody's ability. Yeah, they can impact the game maybe two, maybe three out of those 35 snaps, right, when he's playing defensive end. But you're also subjecting him to getting chipped. What happened the last time he played DN? He got his ribs hit, right? He ain't been at that defensive end position too much since then, right? So you're you're, put, you're putting him you're putting him in a position where they know where he's at. Yeah. We can get to you, right? You're playing DN. You're going against one of our heaviest, most most biggest athletic guys on the team. And oh, by the way, I can send a running back out to take a shot on your ribs on the way out, right? So you're, it, that's one thing that you do when you put him at defensive end. When you put him at linebacker, not only do you increase his snap counts by him being on the field more, he can affect the game more. He can also rush. He can drive back in coverage. He can play guys man to man and running backs out of the backfield. So he can do a lot of things multiple facet from the middle of the field that he can't do from the defensive end position. And and just even if you just looked at it just basically off of snap counts, you want your one of your most dominant guys to be on the field as much as possible. I 100% agree with everything that he has said. The only thing that I would add, aside from him playing defensive end, I think that absolutely limits him in what he can do on the field, like everything he just said. But also, looking at position-wise, that's an area where last year – when I would watch film and, you know, Jalen is no longer here and all that, but that was an area that the Cowboys were struggling at linebacker. And I know Leighton Vanderesh, he has skills and everything, but sometimes he, he misses and, so, and he needs the help. So the Cowboys do need a player with his set of skills to be right there at linebacker and do everything that he has. It just, it's so impressive to me, honestly, and it's very refreshing to see a player like that 
come in right off the bat and show even when training camp, I mean, uh, rookie minicamp and all that was starting. I was still here and watching all that. Everything that he was showing, it's like, okay, where can I have a player position that he can do the best that he can and and use every single talent that he has. So for sure, linebacker, defensive end, like he said, you can mix it in and he can still rush and be effective, but he doesn't need to be stuck at a single position. Yeah, at linebacker, he becomes an eraser mm-hmm. um, for this football team. Um, He's able to do so many different things. And in the, in the way that this league is evolving, uh, you have running backs who are more versatile now. right? You, for every Derrick Henry that you have to worry about in the league, you have more of the Dalvin Cook type or the Gibson types or the uh, Kamara types uh, that, that this league has evolved mm-hmm. to. And with Micah, he gives you the ability, like Isaiah was saying, to play coverage. He gives you the ability to uh, play in between, um, uh, you know, behind the behind the tackles and guards at the linebacker spot, play tight end. So the versatility uh, that he has at linebacker, he you don't have that at de- at defensive end. And this Cowboys team, and, and when you go back and you watch the film earlier in the year when he had most of his success. He was playing backup offensive linemen. He was playing against backup offensive linemen. So when he was rushing, he was playing against the number two guy, which <laughs> yeah, when against the Chargers, they put him against the number one, and they said, "Let's go ahead and put him back over there." It was like, "Yeah, hey, hang up, go because at the end of the day, your more experienced offensive tackles." Have seen all of the moves. He doesn't. He hasn't developed. And he hasn't developed. So yeah. all he has is speed and power. Yeah. And if, and if for an experienced offensive tackle says all you got is speed and power, <laughs> no, 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 please, thank you. you. Come on, I, I, I'll take that all day. But I don't have to deal with speed, power, spin, shift, hands, and all yeah. that kind of yeah. stuff. And I think at linebacker, his his versatility just shines more, and it, and it gives you just a a plethora of things that you can do with him there. And he becomes ultimately your eraser uh, in the middle of the football field. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about free agent signings. I want to talk to you about DeMonte Casey, J. Ron Kearse, Keanu Neal. Who's been the best uh, free agent signing on the defensive side mm-hmm. of the ball for the Cowboys so far this season? We'll talk about that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at Stetson.com cowboys. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like, where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day, where we are all defined by one single thing, the star, where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks 
free shipping. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. Back to the break. Welcome back. Second segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're talking some Cowboys football here with you guys. Uh, let's talk about the uh, free agent signings. There were three specific defensive free agent signings that I wanted to talk about. And by the way, you guys can throw in another name if you think there's another name that should fit on this on this list. But what I wanted to find out is who do you think was the best free agent signing on the defensive side of the ball? Casey, um, Curse, or Neal? Dan Quinn. <laughs> Easy. Well, wasn't on the list, but I'm you said I can add him on yeah, the you list. Could. You, you could. could. I can you add could. him. On the, none of those guys are here. If Dan Quinn's not here, right? Good. Like he is. And by the, the way, he makes them look probably better than they would look otherwise. You got those three guys combined for a million dollars. Like think about that. Like yeah. we have been clamoring and begging and pleading for better safety play for the Cowboys since Ken Hamlin. Yeah. Back when I was here, we yep. were here in 2007 and 8. Shout out to the bros. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, and Dan Quinn comes in and he finds three guys, brings them in, fits them into the scheme that he wants, and they're thriving. Yeah. And when you look at it, you're saying, we did all of this for a million dollars? Like that, that is the equivalent of value. When you can get players to play at this productive level at that less of a mm-hmm. price. That that is bargain shopping at its best. That is mm-hmm. thrift shopping. You go into the thrift store and you found something of value mm-hmm. that no one else thought would be of value. Swap and so, veterans. yeah. And so for me <laughs> to to add the name to the list, to, it's Dan Quinn. It's Dan Quinn because we have been looking for something of this type of caliber, and not only did we find one, we found three guys that now we're looking at saying, you know, well, how do we play them all? Yeah. Look at this rotation. We we got we got these guys all playing at a at a. I'm not saying they're all playing at Pro Bowl level, but we don't worry as much about the back end of this football team as we had in the past. And for me, the culprit behind that is Dan Quinn coming in, seeing the vision, seeing those guys, believing it, trusting it, bringing them in, giving them the instruction, and it it worked. It flourishing. Amber and Isaiah, I'm gonna I'm gonna make y'all get give me a player. Like, he took Dan, but I'm gonna make <laughs> no, y'all that's give me a mean, player. No, that's the that's definitely that is the, the right choice. That's the, that's the right answer. That's the right answer. And probably the Absolutely. easiest answer. I'm gonna yeah. make y'all give me a player. No, I'm going I'm going with Curse. I'm All going right. with Curse. Um, not only because he's been on the field the most, uh, really between him and KZ, but uh, I feel like he's had the greatest impact. I, I feel like the position that he plays and the responsibility that he has to cover some of the the biggest, most athletic guys on the field, and he's pretty much taken them out. We haven't had any tight ends go ham on us. this year at all. Um, That's primarily because of him. The reason why this big nickel personnel has come about because of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the versatility that he gives us to be able to not only cover in the box, but also be able to cover from the top down has been huge. It's been huge. He's a large human being, right? They don't make him like that. There's only a handful of dudes that are made that size, right? You start hearing, you that know, can, they just honor. That, that has that yeah, athleticism. Yeah. They've, they've honored Sean Taylor, you know, yeah. just recently. You got Cam Chancellor, and you got, you know, Curse. 
Yeah. I mean, guys are 6'4", 220 plus. You know, there's not that many of them. So the athleticism that he provides with the, the freaking physical attributes he has is amazing. And it just provides a lot of options for Dan Quinn and his whole defense. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's the guy that has the most stats right now mm-hmm. out of the players. But... And I know you want a player, but I haven't been. I mean, I've been watching the games, but not in like full-on details how I usually do. So it's it's hard to answer. But going back to sorry, Derek, going back to Dan Quinn, the thing that's impressive with, uh, to me is that these guys, these free agents, guys, they weren't anyone that was that I was like, oh my god, wow, yes, the Cowboys got this guy to play safety. It wasn't anything like that. It was like, okay, these guys have some experience. All right, well. Bring him in, can't hurt, but man, we still need to address that position. Let's wait until the draft. Then it wasn't. So it wasn't like something that we were for sure comfortable with. So to me, that's the impressive part. Having, and we've seen it even last year, having so many new players, it takes a while to get them playing well together. The chemistry, putting the defense, we know very well how they struggled last year and there's so much confusion and everything. And even though these were veteran guys, it was still something that, you know, the fact that they're playing that the way the way they are playing and not just in that area of the field, but also also cornerback. And then you talk about the defensive line, which, yes, they can be doing more, but. It's just as a whole, everything that Dan Quinn has been able to do with everyone and the fact that we're not like saying, man, the safety position is absolutely killing us right now. It's it's just very impressive. Mm-hmm. And there's nece- no one really stands out to me. So they're kind of all kind of right there. But the fact that it's working, it's it's what's great right now. All right. Uh, let's move on to the next question. How can Dallas best improve its interior run defense? And I'll give you two options. You guys feel free to throw in something else if you think there's a, a better answer here. But I said the return of Gallimore and Hill, that could be one thing that could help. Uh, the other one was better play by the linebackers because I do think in this last game specifically, especially early in the game, I saw a number of times where the holes that were created the linebackers just – it was what we saw all last year from the linebackers. Basically, you take a false step – and then you're out of position. You can't get off a block. Hole. And there yeah. you go. And then, and then the, the run turns into something where the, the, run, the, 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 the running back is now on your safety before you know it. So I, I do think that there's probably a, a little chance that the linebackers could play better here and, and help your run defense. What do you guys think is the best way to improve the interior run defense? Uh, I mean, guys just have to play better. I mean, really. it's not. I don't think it's necessarily a scheme thing. It doesn't matter what linebacker you got. You can put – Freaking Bray Ray back there and anybody else, Bart Scott, anybody else you want to put in the middle. If the offensive linemen get up to the second level, it's a wrap. Yeah, it's just, they're just bigger, larger, stronger humans, right? It's just yeah. what it is. Yeah. It's kind of like the big brother coming in, just grabbing you, throwing you somewhere. Um, you can't do anything about it, no matter how much you're getting paid. But the interior defensive linemen just have to continue to play better. And obviously, what do you do there though? Because right now, defensive tackle, we knew going into the season, defensive mm-hmm. tackle was an area that they probably could use some improvement. Yeah. Um, I think they've had some play. Carlos Watkins, I think, has played pretty well, yeah. all things considered. And, and you know, mm-hmm. Bohanna's a young guy. He's a yep. big guy. But what do you think, just from a standpoint of the defensive tackles and their play, where can they be better there? I mean, leverage, right? Um, leverage, playing, you know, playing half a man, trying not to get let these guys reach you. Um, that's I guess, you know, playing, playing your gaps. But we don't know the schemes that they're playing, right? Yeah. So I'm speaking just in general terms. Um, I don't know what their assignments are, but just trying to be more stout, right? And just trying not to get moved off the ball. There's a lot of different techniques those guys can can utilize to not get moved back to the second level. Um, but the, at the end of the day, we're missing our big boys. 
Mm-hmm. That's that's the real. We're missing our big boys up front. Our heavy hitters are are not there right now. Um, we have explosive guys. We have guys that can get some penetration. Yeah. But when they actually want to come off the, these other teams want to come off the ball and 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 set their mind on running at us. It's a struggle when you play teams like, like like New England. You know, it's going to be a struggle when we play teams like like Minnesota. You know, yeah. as you look forward to the schedule, then you got the Broncos, the Falcons. There's some teams that we're not going to have to worry about that being a predominant part of their game. But when you have teams that are built like the Patriots, yeah, until you get your 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 your, your meet up front, it's going to be a struggle. Well, Jesse, I'll ask you this question: Can you fix that problem? Because even the guys you're asking that you're going to be expecting to return, they're not your big traditional one techniques like you don't have one of those Mm-mm. are you going to improve this without having to go outside the organization by the way doing that like who knows what's on the street at this yeah. point but can you really improve that because you're not going to get much bigger yeah and that's the that's the difficult part and you know to use a term that that my guy big nate newton always yeah. uses is big greasies and <laughs> you you want you want to get big greasies in that middle, not necessarily to to, you know, to be game changing playmakers, just to eat up blocks. Mm-hmm. I, I just need you to commit two mm-hmm. guys to me every single time, or have to have that second guy stay on me a little bit longer before he passes me off to go to the second level to get to the linebacker. Because when you talk about football being a game of inches, it is literally a game mm-hmm. of inches. A linebacker, you you take one false step the wrong way. Mm. Well, that guard's up on you, yep. and now he has an angle. Yep. Or if and you're not getting him off, just like we said, you're, you're not, not getting, get, you're not getting off of him. Like he, boost, yeah, he is he is paid to grab you and maul you, <laughs> lock on and lock on like a pit, <laughs> pit bull. bull. Yeah, and yeah, and, it's, <laughs> exactly. and the same thing when it comes to the, the big guys up front yeah. is if I have to make that guard stay on me just a tad bit longer. Now my linebacker has mm-hmm. read his keys and is attacking. Yeah. And if I'm attacking and you're still engaged, I win. And and. Some, I mean, some of the greatest linebackers of our time had what? Great defensive tackles. Great defensive tackles. Big, big. Great defensive tackles. And that's, yeah. the, that's yeah. the only thing. And, and, and what you can hope for is when you get a guys like Neville Gallimore and company back is that your rotation becomes better, guys become Fresh. fresher, mm-hmm. stay fresher yeah. longer throughout the game, and you have more wins than you do losses up front. But there's nothing that you can do at this point in time. Neville Gallimore ain't, ain't getting 20 more pounds yeah. in the middle of the season, right? <laughs> Carlos Watkins ain't getting 15, 20 more pounds in the middle of the season. You, you maintaining. You, you maintaining. You trying to hold peanut on. Butter, peanut bananas, butter, bananas, bananas, exactly. Load them up. Yeah, you, you trying to hold on to whatever weight that you have yeah. right now. To, to maintain throughout the uh, throughout this year, so it's it's given what you got and hope for the. It's really hope for the best. It's yeah. given what you got and hope for the best, and hopefully you don't run into many teams yeah. like New yeah. England built like that. And, yeah. and, and, the, and the reality of it is, you aren't. That's the reality of it. You it, you are. Are they that much different from a personnel standpoint, or yes. was it more scheme? Yes, personnel standpoint. Okay. It's both. I, I think I mean, I mean, the scheme. The scheme for sure. I mean, that's every coach, right? But when you look at some of how, how these teams are built, let's look at our schedule coming up here. We got the Vikings. They're going to run the crap out the ball. Yeah. So we better. Shoot are they? Are up. they? Because that's that's one thing I heard about New England. I'm not sure. But supposedly their offensive line was bigger. Yes. And, and so is, are you going to face that similar type of big offensive line against Minnesota, well, it, against other teams down yeah, the stretch? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. It's it's all about – so to your point, right, it's, it's scheme as well. But scheme not only just translates just from what the coach is saying to, to, to facilitate on the field, it goes back to the weight room. Right? How how is your team built? Yeah. Right? When I when I was when I was here in Dallas, we lifted, right? But we lifted for explosion. When I went to, to New England <laughs> – 
You know, mm-hmm. we were lifting like it was off season, like big boy heavyweight throughout the whole season. Why? Because that's how that's the type of team we wanted to have. We wanted to wear you down. Mm-hmm. When I went to Seattle, guess what? It was all about moving lightweight and moving it fast, right? Just being fast, being fast. So it, the, the scheme, right, and how they want their team, to, the, the identity of their team, that's how everything's going to translate. That's how your dietitian's going to make your food. That's how your that's weight room's going to all. It, it goes, it goes all the way back to that in terms of the, the, how how they want to approach this thing. So there's going to be games where you face teams that are built to have the advantage against you, and you got to find ways to make plays. Yeah. Um, you know, but as we look forward, we're not going to worry about that. The, the, how we are in terms of speed and and, and being explosive, that's going to work to our advantage. But majority of our opponents we have remaining on our schedule. Yeah. They must be on that fast thinning out program here because <laughs> I most of these guys like I never really see them putting on weight. Like mm-hmm. usually they start yeah muscle wise they start building muscle but then trimming down. Like even with Tristan Hill, you know he came in, you could see him a little weight, and then he starts trimming down. So that's a something I never even thought about, but I have noticed physically, you know, physical wise. Yeah, I think this year especially we talked about this on the break. Um, this year especially, you saw a lot of guys coming back a lot leaner than mm-hmm. they'd been before. And I don't know if that was what Harold Nash was trying to do with this team or those guys just specifically were working with their own trainers to do it. But you definitely saw a difference in guys like Zeke and Dak. Mm-hmm. Like they came back much leaner than they'd been in the past. It wasn't the big bulky. It yeah. was the lean, fast uh, very explosive is what it looked like they were trying to achieve. And, and what most coaches will tell you, as you begin to age in this league, <laughs> you want to get lighter. You want to yeah. shed some of that. Right? You want to shed some of those <laughs> yeah. pounds. Because it, a lot harder to do lot harder to get it's, older. It's a lot harder to do that. Than you, trust me. I know. I, I know as well. I'm, I, I, trust me. I, we fight, we yeah, fight this every battle day. every day. Um, but but also, your body doesn't recover as fast. Yeah. You know, you want to have that. You, you don't want to have to carry those extra pounds. And again, look at the way this league is going going yep. um, you're, you're going to need more explosion you're going to need more uh, versatility more athleticism it's it's not the 90s cowboys where mm-hmm. nate newton is 340 pounds because he's going up another against another guy who's 320 pounds and it's just this mauling big group type thing it is speed more speed and more speed like when you look at the combine numbers we used to, we used to be like he ran a four three yeah what what? What? Now, now it's four like, twos. You know, now it's like, oh yeah, Michael Parsons ran a four three at two hundred and forty something pounds, fifty something pounds. Like linemen at three hundred pounds are running five four, flat. Yeah, you know, four, yeah, four sevens, sevens, four yeah. eights. You're like, wait, what? Yeah, that was unheard of fifteen years ago. Yeah. Now it's almost a norm. And so the only way that you can you can keep up with that kind of speed. If you run a four four, just go just go sit in the corner. Like, right? like I remember yeah. growing up, yeah. and it was like that was like the number. Oh, yeah. you gotta run a four four. four. Like yeah. that was the pinnacle of yeah. speed. Yeah. Now it's like you run a four four as a receiver, it's like mm. okay. Yeah. Like that ain't yeah. nothing special. Like right. you know that dude who You're average. 40, that dude yeah. who weighs forty Seriously. pounds, yeah. who's forty pounds heavier than you yeah, he runs a he runs a four five nine. Yeah, like you know a four four nine. You'd be yeah. like, dang, I'm I'm two fifteen. He, you know, two eighty five. Yes, change. But doesn't it get tricky once you start mixing that? Okay, that mentality of being faster and lighter with inexperience and younger guys. You know, when they come in, I feel that it it's it's a tough balance there because 
they don't have the experience, not necessarily the full-on technique that they need, that maybe mm. having that extra weight kind of balance. You know what I'm saying? But I think say? there's also a difference between weight and strength. Like, yes. I don't want to confuse Huge weight difference. and strength. Because yeah. I, I do think what happens, and you see it all the time with guys <laughs> going difference. from their first year to the second year, like, you can see the difference. And yeah. they grow into their yeah. bodies. Yeah, and and you could, Yeah, you yeah. can tell that it's starting to get to that point where – they're stronger. They might be lean, but they're very, very strong. Yeah, and yes. I think that's kind of the difference here is not necessarily weight, but but strength. No, I mean, that's that's a huge – I'm glad you brought that up. I can give you guys an example. When I'm finishing up my career, I went to Jacksonville as a tight end, and mm-hmm. it was Mercedes Lewis and myself. Don't ask me why, how I got to tight end. But I was that's kind of like the uh, the Hernandez era, right, mm-hmm. when it was like, you know, the 240, 245-pound tight end that could run and make, create mismatches against guys like Curse. Yeah. So that was – Mercedes Lewis was the underlying guy. I was kind of the wing back. He was one of – he's the league's best blocking tight end, even – probably yeah. to this day That's still he's amazing yeah. you're he's 16 so he's ridiculous right but he knew leverage he knew how to use his his length and all those all his limbs to create movement i was strong i was stronger than he was in the weight room right and he would get frustrated with me because when i got on the field i couldn't block these big dudes mm-hmm. wow i was 240 pounds these dudes are 300 pounds mm-hmm. right so i was strong Right, but I didn't have enough enough, enough junk in the trunk. <laughs> yeah. Right. So to to that point, you could be a strength. He'd be like, "Man, you're strong. You're, I seen you. Now go ahead. Th- I, I can't because I'm strong. I'm weight room strong. But these boys are these are grown human beings. Right. Grown man. Strength. Grown man strength. Right. <laughs> and they're and so to your point, right? It can be a disadvantage. But when your whole entire program is built off of it. And then you have these offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, you know, special teams coordinators come in and put you in position to be successful based upon your skill sets. Now, all of a sudden, that becomes an advantage. Now, if they ask these guys to come in and play something and be something that they're not, right, 240-pound guy trying to go up there against 285-pound, that's not – that's just not – it's not going to work. Yeah. It's not going to work. Yeah. So when we start talking about why was New England so successful on the ground, well, they're big up front. And then, oh, by the way, then they have, they have four tight ends that are active every game. And they they put three of them they out there, them. Yeah. and there's two of the best tight ends that happen to be in the league as of last year, and that's they're getting paid forty million, fifty million dollars for it. Yeah, that's why they were able to move us off the ball, yep. because they had two hundred sixty pounds coming up and moving two hundred thirty, two hundred forty pounds off the line. So that's that. I mean, that's that's how this league works. It's all about mismatches. I, mean, I mentioned it yesterday. Every team's not built the same. Every team's not built the same. That's why we needed to get up on New England because they can't catch up. Right, right, once they're up, right? The reason why we didn't want the game to be close is because if it is close, then guess what? New England could play New England ball. Mm-hmm. Right now, they can just run you Lean down the field. Run you down the field. Yeah. Run you down the well, field. Well, you got to designate Chunky. Okay, who's going to be Chunky this season? <laughs> <laughs> who's going to be the heavy player here? And then we got the, the strong, agile one. So you, you create that balance. You, you hear that, Will McClay? <laughs> right. Let's go. Give us some Chunky. chunky. Give us some Chunky. All right, we're going to take our final break. We're going to come back, and I'm going to ask these guys a question. I'm going to ask them, what's the biggest problem that uh, you think would most concern you going down the stretch and here are the options I'm going to give coaching decisions kicker run defense or red zone offense we'll talk about that when we come right back this is DallasCowboys.com radio hi I'm Clint Tillerson with United Ag and Turf before you can park yourself in front of the game park yourself in a John Deere and power through your chores our land run package is a 1025 R 25 horsepower tractor with a loader rotary cutter and a box blade for 229 a month and the price you see is the price you'll pay. No surprises. So don't miss another kickoff. Visit unitedagandturf.com. Offer ends February 1st, 2021. Restrictions apply. See dealer for details. Now let's get to work. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. 
That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. Back to the break. Welcome back to the final segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Here's my question for you guys, and I'm hopeful that this question is going to bring a very thoughtful answer because there's a lot of things here that I think people are talking about as potential gotchas as you go down the stretch. The question is, what is the biggest problem that concerns you in this second segment of the season? We heard Coach talking about it. They broke it into three segments. You got six, six, and then five uh, games. In this second segment, would it be coaching decisions? Would it be the kicker? Would it be run defense? Or would it be the red zone offense? Can I throw another one in there? Sure, absolutely. I think I might. I don't know if I said this or on the talking Cowboys, but my concern is that when our guys come back, our guys, Gallimore, um, D. Law, the injured guys, the injured guys, yeah. right? D. Law, Gallup, right? All these guys, our guys, right? The guys that we expect to go out there and make big plays for us. Do our current guys that are out there doing well for us? Do they do they back down? Do they go into a corner? Because we've all seen those guys, right? When you're when you're considered to be when you're number two and they call you up to number one and number one's out for a while, sh- okay, here we go. Let's rock. Right, let's go. I'm, I'm me again, right? I'm the dude from college or the dude from earlier in my career. Let's ball, right? And the cats out there trying me. And then they become ballers again, right? And everybody's like, you know, to your point, oh my God, I didn't know that these guys could play. And yeah. I, I know these guys can ball. They just have been subjected to being a second tier guy. What happens when they're when the dogs come back? When the number ones come back and they get their thrown back? I've seen it two ways. I've seen it where guys that remain competitive and they push the starters and they make them create a rotation like we're talking about. Or I've seen guys kind of back down to kind of what you expected them to be in the first place, which is kind of just, oh, he – He's inconsistent, right? What, not, what players would concern you most? Because immediately when I yeah. start thinking about that, I'm like, a lot of these guys, they've already been in rotations even before those guys Correct. were out. So it doesn't necessarily, I don't think it would have, like, think about a Cedric Wilson. Mm-hmm. This shouldn't affect him much because he's been used to playing in a position where Correct. he's rotating. Osa, defensive tackle, they put, they yeah. rotate. Like, what are the positions or players that you would be more, most okay. concerned I'm about? I'm thinking about cornerback. Kelvin okay. Joseph hasn't touched the field. Yeah. Right, I'm thinking about I'm thinking about cornerback position. I'm thinking about you know Brown and, and, and Jay Lou. What are they going to do? Right, a-, a Brown got himself a pick so far, yeah. but you know is he gonna is he gonna be a starter still? Joseph's yeah. not ready though. Right? I'm just I'm just saying I'm just saying. I mean I, I I haven't talked to you about that. So yeah, yeah. Is Joseph ready? I don't think I don't he's ready. I don't think he's ready either. Okay. But I mean we don't make those decisions up right. there either. You know they they took a, they took him pretty high. Yeah. So he gonna play. He gonna play, yeah. so it's just a matter of, is he does he is he gonna replace those those five million dollar guys? They're both getting paid five milli, you know. So I mean that's a question that you that you have to ask. You know what happens there? What happens at the D line position? 
What happens? D line has a heck of a rotation going right now. All yeah. of a sudden, you bring Hill back, you bring Gallimore back, you bring D Law back. Those are three bona fide starters. What happens to that rotation now? Yeah, I think we're different. In what way? I think we're different. Where in in past times it would have been, oh yeah, he he comes back, he has to play. Or we drafted him high. He has to play. Mm-hmm. I think we're different. Mm, I, hope I, so. I, I think this coaching staff, mm-hmm. specifically on defense, I think we're different. Mm-hmm. I think it's you know what, son. Yes, we drafted you high, but right now <laughs> we rolling. We rolling. <laughs> and maybe we'll get you. Maybe we'll fit you in there. You know, but you haven't done anything that says you deserve that position. Mm. And I get your draft status, and maybe we'll we'll attack this full goal next year. In OTAs and mini camps and so on and so forth, I, I think in years past we would have been subjected to, oh, we drafted him high, we gotta play him, mm-hmm. no matter what. Yep. I, 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 I personally just feel like it's different, mm-hmm. and I think that. So you no, think you think the culture in the in the front office has changed as well? I, I think that the guys who are putting these players on the field, the coaches and and such have earned enough say so with the way that things have gone this year. Mm-hmm. For, for for whether it be one of the Joneses or someone that they'll go, just trust me on this one. Yeah. Like like let, let like I, I know that we drafted him in the second round and I and I get it and he and he'll and he'll be fine and we'll get him right and we'll get him to a position where he's playing at a very high level. This is not force feed it. But we're not right now. Yeah. Like you know what I'm saying and and, and we'll 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 work our way back in there and we'll work him in there. And we'll find spots for him to yeah. get him some confidence to get him some playing time. I I just feel like this is just a different set of circumstances and a different set of dudes who are who are calling the shots and you know I hope they have that power. And on the and on the same <laughs> I and, hope and, they have and, that and power. On the same respect, I, I think I think Dan Quinn has done a great job with and, and can have and you know this, Isaiah, there are certain coaches who can come to you and have that man to man conversation. And you respect those guys. Mm-hmm. Like I've always respected the coaches. Just told me straight, straight up. up. Mm-hmm. Like don't don't we too old for all that? Well, you know, just keep chipping away. And I I don't think Dan Quinn is that kind <laughs> no, of a guy. He's not. He's a Jersey dude. I'm a Jersey dude. Like we are we are straight up dudes. No. And I think he has the conversation when you come in and say, "Listen, son, here's the deal. Okay, you're a part of this football team, but right now we're going this, and here's why." Mm-hmm. We still want you to be engaged, you know. And, and once you have that real conversation, man to man, I think men men accept that better, and you'll get the same productivity. And, and and Quinn will tell you like, hey, this doesn't mean stop competing. This doesn't mean we can't we can't use you. We don't need you. Just probably setting your expectations, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and go out there every single day, every single practice, and work like you want to be the starter, or work like you were before this guy you know, came back from injury. And I think when you do that, you get guys to respect you more and you get guys mm-hmm. to go out there and give you I agree. Yeah. Well, a great with that effort. Being said, how, how do you go about practice, though, during the week? When a guy like that comes back, for example, a veteran guy gets back in, do you give them half the reps? I'll give you a good example. Of the reps? Let's talk about it from the standpoint of Donovan Wilson. Like, he's trying to come back in, and J. Ron Curse has been playing his butt off. Mm-hmm. So what happens in that situation? What happens for Donovan? What happens for J. Ron? Like, that's the question, right? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've never really been in those conversations, yeah. but I don't – and we only get to see a portion of practice, so I don't really know how they go about distributing in a scenario like this where these guys on the field are playing well, and now you got these other veteran guys that you have been expecting them to be the starters come back in. 
I don't know how you most most it. teams is not this competitive, so it's just difficult when it's yeah. this competitive. When it's this competitive, it's very difficult. Deep, like this They're, is a deep team yeah. relative to other teams in the yeah. and it's a good problem. It's to a good have. great problem to have. It's yeah. a great problem <clears throat> to have. And again, you you divvy those reps up in practice. You're saying you know you can say hey, uh, all right, listen, J. Ron, when we go team seven on seven, you're in. Uh, D. Uh, uh, D. D. Wilson, when we go you know this team period, you're in. And then now you just kind of gauge it throughout the week about giving both of these guys reps. And and this is what they pay the coaches the big bucks for. Yep. This is this is this is a good problem to have, but this is your problem to figure out. Mm-hmm. And and it's not always going to be an easy situation. And then it comes down to at the end of the day, what do you feel most comfortable with? Because when you're when you have to go into a game and coach, the last thing you want to go into a game doing is having uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Because if you have uncertainty, there's no way you're calling a definitive football game. So most coaches, once they get to that threshold of Thursday-ish, Friday, mm-hmm. most definitely <laughs> Saturday, yeah. here's what we're doing. Yeah. I'm going here until something changes. And then next week, we'll try it again. Yeah. And then when I get to that Friday, that Thursday-ish, Friday, most definitely Saturday, we're going here because my team and I need to know as a coach how I'm going to call this football game when we go out there. And injuries happen and things happen. And to Isaiah's point, matchups. Mm-hmm. There may come to, come a time where you're saying, you know what? Donovan is a much better fit for this matchup or this scheme that we're going with this week than J-Ron. J-Ron is a much better fit because we're playing a taller tight end, or mm-hmm. they may have whatever it may be. So to have those options is a great thing, but that's why they play the coach the big bucks. Yeah, I can tell you, I'm looking at these these snap counts as we're talking about matchups. J-Ron, week one, 62% of the snaps. Week two, 97%. Mm-hmm. Week three, 100%. Week four, 97%. And then 100% for five and six. Yep. Yeah, he probably he is 100% ball, and by the way, he's making the most of those reps. Yep, he is balling out. Yeah, right? and to answer your question that you previously stated, it's red zone. A oh, red zone. Red it's zone red zone. Is, okay, it's it's red zone because that has not only been one one. You need to score in this league, and, and I've kind of almost, unless there's an injury to Dak Prescott that prolongs him from coming back on the football field, I've pretty much summed up this regular season. We're going to win the division. There's no, Nothing in this division says that we're not going to sweep this division. It, it maybe lose one game. We're going to win the division. I start looking at playoffs. You play Arizona, Arizona, you better score touchdowns. You play Green Bay, you better score touchdowns. You play Tampa, you better score touchdowns. You know, you play— you, Anybody in the NFC. Right? Anybody, you, better score yeah. Rams, you better <laughs> score touchdowns. Yeah. In the playoffs. And yeah. one of the problems that the Cowboys has had years and years and years and years has been red zone offense. So I think that's always going to be a concern for me. They were doing better earlier in this year uh, with the red zone situation. They kind of fell back a little bit with that and, and say what you want about the calls in the red zone, whatever. you know. Uh, but that is going to be so important. We cannot, we cannot kick field goals when you're talking about playing the really good football yeah. teams. You'll get away with it in the regular season. You'll get this away. Year. You'll get away against the Giants yeah. in Washington and yeah. Philadelphia and you know teams like that. You ain't getting away with that against Tampa Bay. You ain't getting away with that against the Rams. You ain't getting away against you know even hitters, even yeah. sometimes against you know a, a team like New Orleans. You never know what you never know what Jameis you might get. Yeah. You might get Minnesota. five touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Minnesota. You never know. Right, you might get Eaton W. Jameis. <laughs> you might get twelve. <laughs> you might get twelve noon. Kirk Cousins, right? You right. might not get yeah. nighttime Kirk Cousins. Right. You might get 12 noon yeah. Kirk Cousins. So always getting in the red zone and being able to come away with touchdowns rather than field goals. All right, folks, that's a wrap. Real quick, tell us where, where we can hear you, Isaiah. 
Where, where can fans hear oh, you? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Talking week. Cowboys, man. You guys know what it is, okay? 9 o'clock every day, Monday through Friday. Uh, we're the first show because we're the best show. We know you guys, when you guys wake up, get your cup of joe. You want to come out here and get the real. Come out here and make a deal. Hang out with your boys at Talking Cowboys. You understand what I'm saying? Listen, man. <laughs> Jesse. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have all that mojo jargon, all that isms, and all that kind of stuff. Y'all you know dig? what it is. Y'all know what it is. I don't that job turkey he talking over there. Come through hanging with the boys. If you want to come with your, if you want to come hang out with your drunk uncle and talk good sports, talk, <laughs> laugh, have uncle. a good time. Who's the drunk uncle? Uncle Rico. Nate, okay. Nate's a drunk uncle. Right. Nate is, okay. Nate is the right. drunk uncle. Right, cool. I'm the crazy cousin, ah, and then it. and then Kurt and Shannon they just like related. They they like related Shannon by is drunk and crazy. So it, yeah, it works. It works. Yeah. Yeah, we, we give it you works. a little bit of everything, man. So come check us out, man. 1130, mm. Monday through Friday. You know what it is, hanging with the boys. And I got my Danny shirt on, see? Yeah, see, tonight. See, we, we, ain't, we ain't afraid to promote and, and help out other people. That's just how we get down. Because we, we, take, we take on everything. We just do what we do. Do y'all talk about football there, though? Wow. I'm just wondering. Wow. I, mean, I see you guys eating chicken oh, wings. Oh, I see wow. y'all. She coming just, for you. Wow. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Watch my boy Danny on Survivor tonight. Shout out Team Danny on Survivor. Of course, you can check us out, me and Amber, along with Dick and Dave on the break every day at 10.30 a.m. Uh, we'll be back next week in our normal normal settings. But, man, it was good to have y'all on. Yeah, no, it was good. I, I had a good time having y'all on, and hopefully we can do this a little bit more. We'll do this every every bye week for sure. Yeah. Uh, until then, for un, uh, until next week, for Isaiah Stanback, Jesse Holly, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eelton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com. Radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!